Another business hit with a ransomware attack. Issues with cybersecurity have shut down yet another Midwestern data breaches put the information of millions at risk. Here to give you peace of mind in an industry that moves faster than the speed of light. This is your weekly tech in. Hello world, this is Patrick Souls, the founder of Soul Tech Solutions, and welcome to the Weekly Tech In Podcast, where we give you a peace of mind working with an industry that moves faster than the speed of light. This week, we're going to jump right into it and go over some technologies that you can consider your small business superpowers. Uh, and the first one is the one that I think most people are the most scared of, and that is cloud computing. It sounds really fancy. It sounds super technical and you feel like you don't understand it, but chances are you're probably already using it. So uh, when it comes to cloud technologies, what I tell most small and medium sized businesses is that hybrid, a hybrid environment is the way to go. What, what does that mean? That means some of the software and hardware you are using are there on premises on in your business. And then some of it, is cloud-based or a cloud service or something along those lines. <clears throat> so you might have a local server running your point of sale and then identity management done through Microsoft 365 or something along those lines. Um, basically, uh, you don't need to, I think at this point, it's not best to move all of your services and software and apps and data to the cloud but there are some things that are very, very good at in the cloud, and that is uh, data, primarily. Uh, identity management is much, much easier when it's in the cloud uh, because that allows you to then have access to important things wherever you go and not just when you are in the office or at work. Uh, those those are really the, the two big things. What does this do for you? It boosts uh, performance. Uh, and typically at a reduced cost. Uh, how does it boost performance? Mostly it's in collaboration. I'm surprised at how many people don't notice or don't know, sorry, that Microsoft 365, when you have something saved in OneDrive or SharePoint and you're working on it with someone else in the company, you can see where their cursor is in the document and see a live update of whatever they're editing which takes collaboration to whole new levels. Gone are the days where you have to send files back and forth for editing and reviewing. It's super, super easy. There's one location for it to be. Everyone knows where it's at. The people who are supposed to have access to it have access to it, and then you can work on it at the same time. Uh, and this happens with reduced cost because, honestly, how much you get for a subscription service to Microsoft 365 is a little bit nuts. Uh, you used to have to spend near $300 for the professional suite of Microsoft Office apps. I'm using this as an example because it's the one most people know. And then you'd have to do that for almost every single employee. And you might have to end up choosing like, okay, well, we don't need to spend, you know, $300 on this employee because they only need Word and only sometimes so they can hop on so-and-so's computer and use it when they need it. And well, now you're interrupting workflow and now you're not running very efficiently. Uh, so cloud technology boost performance while reducing uh, costs. Fantastic. And uh, again, you get real time data, whether that's documents that are being uh, updated uh, as as you are looking at it, you can see someone updating it. And uh, if you have apps moved to the cloud or 
uh, other, other sorts of like identity services. Um, your IT managers can see when people are logging on and when they failed login attempts, uh, like they mistyped their password or something like that immediately, uh, rather than having to go to the source machine and scan through logs to find that kind of information. So overall, first cloud or first small business superpower, cloud computing, boost performance, reduce your costs, do things faster, easier, safer. Superpower number two. Artificial intelligence. AI has been the buzzword in tech news for the better part of six months now. And it's really not as scary as you may believe. Probably the coolest thing AI can do for us is uh, process data at superhuman rates. And, and this is what's, I don't think it's talked about enough, honestly. A lot of people are talking about chat GPT and how you can use it to write copy for your social media and blog posts. And it's like, that is, like just barely scratching the surface of what real artificial intelligence can do. Um, so with cool things like Microsoft Copilot, um, you can have AI examine spreadsheets or data that you have. And if you want to know profit margins for a specific month, uh, I'm making this up as I go, so bear with me. Profit margins for a specific month on a one particular uh, product or two particular products. Sure, there's a way you could do that yourself. You know how to do that. Um, you know how to add the filters in Excel to bring up that information, or maybe you know how to make the new filters if you need to, or you can type in a sentence to an AI chat bot and it processes this data and gives it to you immediately. Uh, so that is probably one of the coolest things AI can do. Um, <clears throat> of course, when you have that kind of data, it's, it's what makes raw data actionable data. So you know what to do with it going forward. You know what decisions to make when you have actionable data, processed data. <clears throat> cool thing you can do also um, in the realms of that generative AI chat GPT kind of thing is um, customize your marketing strategies to a particular audience. Uh, so I will always preach that you don't use uh, generative AI or large language models uh, to create your content for you and then just spit it right out like chat GPT, write me a blog post about uh, <laughs> about tech superpowers for small businesses and then copy and paste whatever it comes out with and throw that up on my blog. Don't ever do that. It is not genuine. People can tell it's not genuine. It will negatively affect your business. But what you can do is use chat GPT, G, sorry. Oh my goodness. Chat GPT for something like, uh, what are some ideas for blog posts? Uh, and bullet points on things to talk about in those ideas for my lifestyle blog or something like that. And it'll come up with it and then you create it yourself and then say, okay, now type these four people who like these things. Uh, and it'll, uh, slightly alter the tone of something you've, you've created, uh, and target something specific. This is great in marketing if you were trying to target specifically like, uh, I know for me a lot, I am not talking to people who are very uh, tech savvy because if they were, they probably wouldn't need me. Um, so using something like AI to uh, when, when I'm having a hard time, I don't want to say dumbing down. It's not dumbing down. Um, simplifying complex co like topics using large technological jargon. Uh, using something like an, an AI to summarize it for someone who doesn't know that tech jargon has been very, very helpful in writing more engaging blog posts and LinkedIn posts and that sort of thing. Um, and then you can get 
even more specific from there. Like if one week you wanted to target specifically uh, millennial CEOs, millennials talk differently than baby boomers or something like that. You know what I mean? So uh, it's very, very cool. Um, that can definitely be uh, extremely helpful in your marketing uh, strategies. And then uh, you can also use AI for chatbots. This is, this is a, a, people argue about whether you should do this or not. Cause most people, when you, when you need help from a company, you want to talk to a person. I get that. Uh, I don't use a chat bot uh, for that reason. Where I have considered it is outside of business hours when me or a tech is not working, uh, having a way for someone to communicate and then that chatbot then logs the communication so that a real person can get back to them. And I think that is probably very useful. Um, and is, <laughs> it doesn't really harm the relationship with, with the client or customer that much. And I think a lot of small, small to medium sized businesses could use this too, especially if it's service based. Uh, obviously if you're a small business, uh, you're probably doing a lot of the work yourself. You don't always have time to answer the phone or answer emails or whatever. So having a chat bot on the website um, could could benefit a lot as long as it's not your main form of communication because you do still want that personal, personal element. Uh, but truth of the matter is your, your competition probably isn't doing it. So it could be your small business superpower. Next one up is e-commerce and mobile commerce. Okay. I think most of us have a good understanding of e-commerce and what it is. I am surprised at the number of small businesses that uh, do retail or something like that um, who sell products to consumers who don't have a web store. They rely entirely on like Facebook to market and hope people come to them. Uh, it's so, so easy to create a web store now and and to easily and securely process payments online there's almost no excuse for it um other than maybe you're afraid you can't keep up with the demand which just to me sounds like a good problem to have um good e-commerce will also allow you to take payments anywhere so if you're going to craft shows or that sort of thing uh use the same tools you established for a web store uh, to process payments mobily. And that will also help you keep track of inventory, which is super cool. Uh, you get quick analytics. You know what products have been popular over the last month or month to month or what have you. Uh, and then mobile commerce is extremely fast growing. What mobile commerce is, is where you have your own app for your business selling your products. And this is super cool because then it allows you to do things like add loyalty programs for people who are in the app so they can collect rewards points for discounts and that sort of thing. Uh, sure, you could do this on the web store too, but uh, it's it's easier to do it and uh, easier to track in a mobile app. And uh, we're at a point in, uh, in technology where anyone can have a mobile app selling their product or service. And in fact, most people do. If you're a bigger corporation, now's the time. If you're a small uh, business, get into it. Uh, ask if, if you don't have an IT service provider right now, ask your smartest tech friend if they know anyone who develops apps for small businesses. If you're in Northwest Ohio, I have a list. So contact me if you need help. In fact, they could probably help you all over the country. So if you're listening to this and you want an app made for your small business, let me know. Shoot me an email. Uh, next small business superpower. Data security. This is another thing that people seem to think that only big businesses can have it. But true data security. Um, this is exactly why I'm here. 
is to be able to provide ent- what used to be only available to large enterprises to small businesses so that they can leverage it for growth and and safety as well. Uh, and I, most of us, us being IT service providers, do it pretty affordably uh, because we want to help those small businesses. So uh, what is data security? Well, you hear me talk about it a lot. It's your client's information, your customer's information, your information, how it's accessed. Um, we're going to talk about uh, uh, access control probably in another uh, episode. Um, your antiviruses and your, your your endpoint detection response and that sort of thing. It's available for everyone now. There is no excuse here to keep yourself unprotected. Um and you might be your only competitor. Uh, sorry, that's, that's that's worded strangely. You might be the only one in your industry, aside from or outside of your competitors, who is actually securing your data. And so, when a big threat hits and all of your uh, competition is wiped out, you're the only one left standing. That sounds like a pretty good scenario to me, honestly. So, again, talk to your local IT service provider if you don't have one. Uh, find one. You can shoot me an email and I'll help you find one. If you're in Northwest Ohio, that could be me. Next small business superpower, automation and workflow. Uh, so this one's a little bit tougher. Automation's cool though. I like it, um, automation a lot. I use it a lot in my business. Um, and it is what it says. It's It does exactly what it says on the tin. It automates workflows so that you have to do less work. This is great for small businesses because, again, typically as a small business, you're wearing a lot of hats. You have to do a lot of different things. Streamline as much of that as possible. Make it as automated as possible so you're spending less time on it. Um, this is uh, great for things like accounting and bookkeeping. If you can have something reg- uh, automatically send invoices especially if it's a recurring service, that's super easy. Uh, if it's not a recurring service, just punching in the item and, excuse me, the item and the cost or service and the cost, uh, and then hit okay and it sends the invoice. And then in that invoice, they have a, the client or customer has a button they click to pay for that product or service. Streamline the whole thing. Make it super easy on you. All you have to do is is just send it, basically. And it has, sometimes you don't even have to send the invoice, which is cool. Uh, customer relations or CRM. Um, if you're using a CRM software, good. If you're not, you probably should. Uh, this is a great way to stay on the pulse of your customers and what services they've used before, what services they haven't used and maybe could use. You can enter in notes that are like... Client birthdays, I think, is a really, really cool thing when you as a business can remember your clients' birthdays and send them cool stuff uh, or even just a simple, you know, happy birthday, um, glad you're with us kind of thing. And you keep all that information in a CRM and have it automatically send that. Uh, it, well, you can have it automatically send that birthday wish or what have you. Uh, me personally, I have it alert me when there's a special event or occasion going on with that client uh, so that I can make it more personal. But uh, again, I'm not having to keep track of that. I've got the information ed- uh, entered in already, and then it lets me know. And then you can also do something very similar for project management. Um, and that's uh, basically look at uh, a typical project and how the workflow goes. And uh, if there's lots of reviewing and checking in with you know uh, someone who's in charge of the project and uh, versus someone who's like actually doing the hands-on work, then you can automate some of that reviewing. Um, if someone's got to send documents, usually that's another thing you can be solved using cloud technologies too. 
Uh, but basically what you're going to do with automation is you're going to look at something you do regularly and you're going to spend three or four times as long analyzing how you do it to find ways that you can make something happen automatically, usually with a trigger that then does something. And then when that thing happens, that acts as a trigger for another thing. Um, you probably should talk to a specialist about this, but it can save you so much time and money, especially if you're a solo entrepreneur. Uh, your time is so valuable. So imagine if, you know, if, if you're a solo entrepreneur who's, you rate your own salary or, uh, your services at hundreds of dollars an hour. Imagine what automation is worth if it saves you several hours in a week. So definitely, definitely something to look into. Talk to your local IT service provider or consult, uh, Talk to your local IT consultants and uh, your service providers typically keep a consultant on staff and let them help you with this. Basically, uh, these are superpowers because digital growth is business growth. Uh, we're in a day and age where if you embrace digital growth, you will do very, very well, much better than everyone else who is not embracing digital growth. And if you don't, you'll watch all of your competition fly past you and business will just be pouring into their doors. And that is regardless of the industry you're in. So embrace these as your new superpowers. Be the first kid on the block. Uh, rip your shirt open and reveal that Superman logo. And uh, talk to an IT specialist to get started with any one of these. You know what I hate? Absolutely despise when I get assaulted with messages on LinkedIn for services I didn't ask for, and it's riddled with grammatical errors. Uh, the request came from someone in Israel. I'm from the United States, which makes that a little weird. Uh, and uh, what's causing this? Why are there so many of them? The answer, LinkedIn sales bots. There's been a large influx of this lately. Uh, and basically what people are doing, um, is they're, they're using, they're using browser extensions to control and manipulate uh, the the browser to do things automatically so that's not someone sitting at a computer and uh, to send messages, hundreds, thousands of messages every day, uh, thousands of connection requests every day, uh, all behind a profile picture that's probably not theirs. Um, so how do you spot them? What do they look like? That's the first thing. Generic profile pictures. If their picture looks way too good and looks like it has nothing to do with that, with what that person supposedly does for a living, chances are you, you should do some more investigation. Uh, I'm not going to say that definitely means it's a bot because if you are a professional who also happens to like mountain climbing, you might have a mountain climbing picture as your profile picture. And that is okay. That doesn't mean that person is a bot. Um, but yeah, oftentimes it'll seem like a picture that, you know what you can do? You can do a, a reverse Google search on this person's profile picture. And if you see it anywhere else associated with another name, there you go. It's probably a bot. Uh, you'll also see incomplete profiles. And what I mean mostly here is, uh, work history. Um, that's, that's probably the, the, the number one key into it being a sales bot is if they have no work history or if they've only worked one other place. Uh, it's, I don't, I know when I made my LinkedIn, uh, I, yeah, sure. I focused on primarily my tech pr positions because I was, uh, launching a, an IT company and I wanted to really show that off, but I've done it for most of my life. So I definitely didn't have an empty profile. Um, 
if someone's in sales, chances are they didn't just get a start in sales and they're still going to want to talk about their history. So you're not going to have one business listed in their work history. That's the biggest part. Second part is that there's no about or bio, probably a bot. They couldn't take the time to create something that is original uh, because that's the whole point. This is that the idea is these are typically scammers trying to outreach to as many people as possible. They don't have time. They want to automate this kind of thing so they don't have time to sit and make an original bio. You'll also see unrealistic claims. Um, so, okay, we're, we're seeing more, uh, artificial intelligence voice stuff. And, uh, <laughs> what I see a lot with a, with a LinkedIn sales bot is <laughs> they make a bold climb like we can 10 X your sales revenue. And what does that mean? 10 X? Oh, multiply it by 10, 10 times. But the AI voice bot doesn't know how to say that. So <laughs> that's going to be a number one clue. Um, yeah, it usually if you see double, double digit claims of multiplying anything that your business already does, if they had that secret sauce, they wouldn't be selling it. They'd be doing it. You also notice inconsistent tone again, because they're probably using AI to come up with, uh, the text that they're using in messaging and, and posts and that sort of thing. Actually, you might even see posts and mostly be in the messages and in mess from message to message, it'll sound like a different person or seem like a different person talking, uh, because that's one thing AI is not great at yet. Um, so if it seems like someone else just sat down at the computer and to send that last message to you, probably a sales bot. You also see grammar errors. This is getting less and less common uh, because this is something that AI is actually good at. <laughs> but uh, that's awesome. that'll uh, clue you into uh, spelling or grammar errors are uh, a big thing. A lot of it comes from uh, the scammer is actually in another country and doesn't speak the language that you speak. And so they're asking a chat bot to create copy for this and then they're not checking it over because they don't speak the language they just send it off and uh if you see a lot of strange connection requests like i mentioned something uh, or someone from israel which don't, don't get me wrong i'm actually connected with people in israel um real people who are, are in the same field that i am <laughs> and they had a background i could check with but if you see that they're from another country or uh they sent you oh i got two Two connection requests yesterday, which, uh, yesterday, I'm gonna date this episode. I probably shouldn't do that. Um, but yesterday was Labor Day in the US and no one was working. No one's on LinkedIn on Labor Day. I'm gonna be real. So I knew immediately that those were probably sales bots and I did not accept those connection requests. So yeah, look for kind of strange things like they're in a different, a strange place, um, strange time, uh, that, that sort of thing. And that'll clue you in. Why are they doing this? It's mostly data farming. And secondarily, scamming, if they're promising some kind of sales multiplier for only uh, a low, low payment of $500, one time, one time payment of $500 and you'll bring in an extra $100,000 in revenue every year. Yeah, it seems pretty enticing. They're reaching out to as many people as possible because if they collect that $500 from 100,000 people and then don't deliver anything really worthwhile or effective, they've made their money. Uh but also data farming. They're going to talk to you about your business or your profession and what you do. Uh, they're going to collect that information and then try to sell it off to uh, other scammers or uh, hackers or that sort of thing. So that being said, 
if you see one of these, don't talk to them. Deny the connection request. And uh, if you're feeling spicy, go ahead and report them to LinkedIn because LinkedIn takes it very, very seriously and they will remove those accounts. So if you've spent much time on the internet, you may have seen someone talking about AI image generation and the wild and crazy things that it comes up with. Uh, it used to be AI image generation made some of the scariest, creepiest pictures because they didn't quite make sense. But it's actually gotten very, very good lately. Uh, and that's why it's been in the news uh, because you can make some really, really good artwork and that sort of thing with AI image image generation but what do you do with it beyond that can you use it in you know marketing materials flyers and that sort of thing well microsoft said you know what i think you should be able to use this in fact it should be easy for you to use this and they came out with microsoft designer imagine if you use canva you've probably seen something very similar uh a one app that will make you know, uh, PowerPoint presentations or slideshows, I guess I should say, uh, flyers, pictures, advertisements, banners, that sort of thing. But built into it, your very first starting point is a prompt. And then it will add assets. It will add uh, generated images. It'll add uh, generated words based off of your description and create this for you from scratch. And that's what Microsoft Designer is. It is AI image generation, but a little bit more. And then it can also do slideshows, flyers, ads, etc. cetera. Uh, like most AI tools, I'm going to give the same advice I give for this that I give for all the other AI tools. And that is use it for rough copy and drafts. You're very, very unlikely to use this, give a prompt, have it create something. And it turns out perfect for you, your company and whatever your mission was. Uh, it is Absolutely fantastic for coming up with ideas, though, especially if you're not a creative person like me and you're not quite sure how to lay out this flyer or this informational thing uh, that you're putting out. Um, start off with the prompts, give it a tone, give it the kind of information you want it to have, and it'll generate and spit out a bunch of options for you based on what you asked for. And then you can pick your favorite and then start editing it from there. Uh, and Microsoft wanted to take it a little bit further than just creating the contents. They also added collaboration so you can have your whole team in on that project and taking it from that rough copy, adding the human element in your own design choices to make a fully fleshed out product at the end, which is very, very cool because that fits the advice that I just gave you. And then they have direct integration with uh, the entire office suite. Now, I haven't played it with it very much to see how it goes beyond publisher, Word, and PowerPoint, but these are, those are probably the best use cases for it anyway, especially PowerPoints because no one likes putting together a 12 slide slideshow on the new product or whatever. <laughs> There's a lot of work that goes into that. And I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm weird, but I hate it. Uh, and this will come up with a slideshow for you and even add things like animations and that sort of thing. Uh, so not all of the content in Microsoft Designer is AI generated, which is a good thing because you don't want everything to look AI generated. There's still a sort of like uncanny valley. Things look just a little bit off kind of effect to some AI art. Uh, so they have a huge library of assets to pull from as well. Um, again, very similar to Canva. I, I'm really, I think this was Microsoft's answer to Canva. They wanted to have their own offering as well. Um, in fact, not too long after Microsoft Designer was released in beta, Canva announced their magic creation tool, which does kind of the same thing. Uh, here's the problem with the Canvas tool. I like it a lot. I use it. Um, I don't use it like I use Microsoft Designer because 
Canva doesn't have that direct integration with Microsoft Office. So while I can use it to make a slideshow, it's usually easier to do it in Designer and it ends up looking a little bit better too because it knows it's going to be in uh, PowerPoint. So yes, Microsoft Designer, add it to your AI toolbox and uh, remember to always add that human element to make it yours afterward. Next week, we'll talk about what to expect out of the newest version of iOS, iOS version 17, why access management is so important, and the problems in your business that could be caused by tech debt. If you have any questions about what you heard in today's episode, or if you have any questions you'd like answered in a future episode, please feel free to reach out by emailing questions at soultech.solutions. And until then, thank you for listening, and no, that wasn't Microsoft calling you about a virus on your computer. This is Patrick, logging out.